Hello, mamas, and welcome to episode two in our Simplicity in Mothering podcast series. Today, we are talking about being where you are. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Fizzy. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. We are up to episode two in our Simplicity in Mothering podcast series with the wonderful Jodie Wilson. If you haven't already listened to episode one, do go back and listen to that when you can. In that episode, we talk about Jodie's story, how she got to where she is, why she changed her life around. We, we cover her whole backstory, and I think that's really important to understand why she talks to these topics and where she's coming from. So do go back and listen to that one, because today we're talking all about being where you are. So we're talking about the power of tuning in with your body and your intuition, honoring the season that you're in to help with a positive mindset in the thickness of motherhood, the beauty in wanting less in your life, being more frugal and thrifty with your consumption, my personal lessons from decluttering and selling 90% of our household stuff and what I've learned from that, why we should all stop ironing our clothes. That is a take-home point that I definitely took from this podcast is throw out the iron, no more ironing. (laughs) And just generally, we talk about simplifying our home life and our schedules so that we are more available to be where we are, especially in that thickness of motherhood. Motherhood can be such a heavy, overwhelming, intense period for many. And I think it's a really beautiful time to let go of the distractions of things that really don't need to be there and hone in on the things that truly, truly matter. So I really hope that you love this episode. We do have one more coming out next week, and that one is all about taking steps towards a simpler life. So make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you do not miss these episodes coming out. And if you would like to connect with Jodie, She is over at Practicing Simplicity. She is a beautiful author of two great books, Practicing Simplicity, which I have personally read myself. And she has recently co-authored The Complete Australian Guide to Pregnancy and Birth with Sophie Walker from Australian Birth Stories. So go check those out. Engage with her. She shares so many beautiful tips. She is a yoga teacher, an author, a mum of four, and she writes really beautifully on these topics. So definitely go engage with her. And if you're pregnant and you're craving simplicity, remember I have my online membership program, The Pregnancy Posse. You can trial the program for seven days. It takes all the guesswork out of pregnancy. Everything you need to know about your pregnancy is inside of that. No more Googling, no more worrying about which information is correct. It is all evidence-based, created by me, tailored workouts for every stage of your pregnancy, an entire resources library ability to ask me one-on-one any of your questions that you may have so that you don't have to go Google. That is all inside the Posse program. So I encourage you to go check it out if that sounds like it's right for you. But without further ado, let's jump into today's chat with Jodie about being where we are. Now, I'd love you to elaborate, Jodie. I like your quote, be where you are. I think that's really powerful for mothers in the thick of motherhood raising young babies, feeling like they've got a lot on their plate. Could you maybe elaborate more on being in the present moment and really acknowledging the season that you're in? Yeah, I suppose that's a really fancy way of saying be present with yourself, be where you are. 
But for me, it's also quite layered. So from a yogic perspective, and I am also a prenatal yoga teacher and I work with Sophie Walker on Australian Birth Stories. So we've just released our book, The Complete Australian Guide to Pregnancy and Birth. And from that perspective, be where you are is actually tuning into your body. So from a pregnancy, birth, mothering perspective, it's like taking a few moments to go, how am I breathing? How am I sitting? How am I standing? Where am I holding tension in my body? And almost always you'll recognize that you're holding tension in your shoulders, your mouth, your jaw, and just taking a few moments just to relax and loosen those areas of your body and just focus on your breath. So how am I breathing into my chest or my belly? And if you can breathe through your nose and into your belly, you're taking more nourishing and vitalizing breaths and then letting out a really nice releasing sigh because we we are in our day-to-day lives, women in particular, mothers perhaps even more so, holding a lot of expectation and tension and stress. So that's the be where you are. And then the next one is I'm at home with my children now and perhaps this isn't the right season of my life to be chasing other ideals or chasing other goals. And I think social media, so I'm going to sound really old now, but when I had my firstborn, Instagram did not exist. (laughs) And may I say that it was quite a lot simpler. (laughs) And I often look at social media and go, oh, my gosh, to be a young mother now and to see all these other young mothers doing all these entrepreneurial things must be really confronting. Mm. It must be really hard. And I'm not sure that I, as a young mother, would have coped very well with that because I am, I was a straight A student, a bit of a perfectionist. So I just wanted to throw that in there in that I think that while social media offers so much in the way of education and comfort and advice for support, I think on the flip side of that, there is a there is that FOMO that you mentioned and that's really can be quite confronting sometimes. Um, so the be where you now is really where am I now in my life and how can I be present in this life and how can I just be really grateful for the remarkable ordinary things that are peppered throughout my days. And that was one of the major things for me that I wrote about in Practicing Simplicity because it's what I realized on the road, that I'm most content when I'm in nature, when I've got a hot cup of tea, (laughs) when I can smell really fresh air, when my children are like really happily eating the meal that I've just made for them, when they're happily playing in a creek for hours and hours on end. I don't want for much and perhaps you don't either. And, you know, it's interesting because we're in this cost of living crisis where for young families it's an incredibly expensive time of life and it's an expensive time in general. And I was thinking about this as well before I got on this interview because I remember when I first fell pregnant at 22, And our rent every week was $220, which (laughs) 
And then I was like, wow, that's how much life has changed in 16 years. That's quite insane, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So the stress of the cost of living is enormous for families. And I think that's why we're having more social conversations about slowing down and simplifying Mm. because people are desperate to live more more contentedly with less. Yes. And that's a choice. And I think sometimes that can be a really hard choice, particularly if you're really reliant on two incomes and you've got that juggle of work and family life. But I think we can all choose to buy less, which from an environmental perspective is definitely recommended. But, you know, we can live really well with very little. And that's Mm. what I learned on the road is that everything that we carried in our caravan with us had to be very had to be scrutinized for its purpose its weight and its size and so we really only carried the absolute necessities and I did not want for anything on those two years and if something broke in the caravan that we needed we just go to the op shop and replace it and so we weren't spending a lot of money and Mm -hmm. we definitely weren't making a lot of money I was photographing families on our trip around and that kept us going but yeah it's there's a lot to be said for simplifying. And Do you think you had that perspective before you went on the road? Or is it only since you lived in the caravan that you really understood the power of less? I thought I was practicing it before we went on the road, but when you live in a three-bedroom house with all the stuff of family life, it's not nearly as minimal as living in a caravan. And so we're back now living in a three-bedroom house um, in a very small town in Tasmania. So we live in a completely different way now because of the trip and in a completely different place, and that was very intentional. There's always going to be the stuff of family life. Kids are bowerbirds, and I think that's fine. And I also don't think that a simple life is a minimalistic one necessarily. Like you don't need to declutter your whole house to live simply. So, For instance, I've got heck of a lot of glass jars that I use in all manner of ways, which definitely is not minimalist. (laughs) And we've got a lot of books because I'm an author and that's always going to be the way. But I think ultimately it's about perhaps getting rid of the things that kind of are impinging on your space and on your mental load Mm. and then not replacing them. Yes, that's key, isn't it? I think it's one mm. thing to declutter, but it's another thing to be really intentional about what you bring back in. I think that's, yeah, that's really powerful. When you said you were speaking before about having less, did it ever feel like a sacrifice to have less stuff or did it always just feel like freedom to you? Always felt like freedom. Did not feel like I was giving up anything, which says it all really, doesn't it? hundred percent. I, and I resonate with that message so much as well. I actually find, I see this in my children and then I see it in myself too, but there's a lot of overwhelm associated with needing or wanting more things that you don't really need. And then there's this real like dopamine hit. I find when you buy something and you get that like real high and then there's that real come down and then it's the toy or the clothes that never get worn or never get played with. And then I always reflect, I rarely have those moments these days because I'm really conscious about what we do by, but I always am reminded that, oh, we didn't need that. And now that's just contributing to 
the mental load of, oh, now I have to clean that up every time I see that and we're not even playing with it. And Mm. so we're in the process of also selling 80, 90% of our stuff. And it is the most liberating feeling for me to truly go, what do I need? Do I need 10, 12 dresses when I don't even wear dresses that often? Probably not. But all these things I'm holding on to for just in case or oh, but you know, that was from this sentimental things that really, truly aren't actually that important to me. I've just made a story out of them for whatever reason. And now getting rid of all our stuff and donating it and passing it on to friends. I haven't missed anything and I've gotten rid of Mm. a lot of stuff. And I feel so much lighter mentally knowing when I look at my wardrobe that I can see everything I'm actually wearing. And I'm sure we're not surprised. I'm actually wearing more of my clothes because I can see them. And The kids are playing more with their toys because they have less and they're overwhelmed by how many toys they have. So I think for me, the decluttering process and the accepting that wanting less can be really freeing and not constantly wanting more. Getting out of that cycle has been a huge and powerful step for me. And for example, like I don't even walk into the shops anymore. I'm not sure if you do this, but as soon as I walk into a shop, Granted, I live in an area we don't really have a lot of shops, but I just want to buy all the things. <laughs> I mean, the things that I don't need, but just removing myself from even being in temptation of buying things that I know I don't need is really powerful. Or if I do need something, first going to Facebook Marketplace or an op shop or somewhere where I have to be really intentional about what I'm searching for. I know it's being recycled and it's being passed around from other people. It feels really good to me when I buy that way now. And that's just, yeah, worlds apart from where I would have been five, 10 years ago, where I would have want something, buy something, and then five extra. And I think that's just really powerful. And that's been something for me that's felt really good. And I remember even you saying in the caravan in your book, say washing, right? Like I think about my ironing pile can often be a cause of mental stress for me. And so what I've done, like I mentioned before, is I've gotten support for that. I get help with my ironing, but I was sitting with it. I was like, well, I'm not going to take my iron on the road. That seems like a ridiculous thing. I'm just going to wear clothes that don't get that crinkled or I'm not going to care about how crinkled they are. And then I sat with that and I thought, well, if that's how I'm going to be on the road, why am I paying someone to do my ironing now? Couldn't I just start to have these processes in place now. And I remember in the book, you mentioned about how you really understand how dirty your clothes are when you're in the caravan, because we probably washed (laughs) so easily now. We're like, oh yeah, that's got a little stain on it. Let's chuck that in the washing machine because we've got a washing machine and we can, and we've got abundance of water and all of these things that we take for granted. But on the road, that's something that you have to really sit with. Well, There's much less of everything. There's less options to wash your clothes. So you just assume and accept that we're just going to have to wear clothes with a slight stain on it. And I really resonated with that because I think there's so many examples of that. And maybe it takes a caravan, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you could just be aware of where we could just really strip things back and not put pressure on ourselves to have to do more and more. I think it's a really, sorry, there is a really easy equation there. Yes. Is that if you're going to buy a $100 dress, ask yourself, how many hours did I have to work to buy this dress? And is it worth me giving up two to three hours of work to own a dress that I don't really need? 
that was really powerful for me on the road because we weren't earning a lot of money and it totally changed the value of things. And also I don't own an iron. <laughs> you don't? So you no, I don't own one. We I do not iron a thing. You do not need that iron and you do not need to pay someone to do your ironing. <laughs> Throw the iron out, ladies. If you Throw take anything out. out of this podcast, just get rid of the iron. <laughs> yeah. Do you know there's a statistic? I like I'll butcher it, but my husband always tells me about it. But when the washing machine and the dishwasher and all these like household appliances were introduced. Naturally, you would think that the amount of time women, because that was predominantly the woman's role when they were introduced, would have less to do. But the amount of household work dramatically increased when Mm. all these appliances were introduced. And I just think it's really cool to just zoom out for a second and be like, cool, just because I have an iron, does that mean I need to spend all these hours ironing? No, let's just take a step back. Like, I think it could just be really easy to be like, oh, that's what that's for. I've got to use that and I've got to do this. But I think if you can It goes well beyond that as well, because on the road, I didn't have a rice cooker. So Mm. I just learned to cook rice in the pot. And because we live in a small house with a small kitchen now, which I must admit is four times the size of the kitchen in the caravan. Haven't I don't have a blender. I don't have a mix master. I don't have a KitchenAid. I just have, I literally have three pots and one frying pan. And we're a family of six. amazing. Yep. <laughs> and that's been so amazing for me because the dishes, and I talk about the dishes a lot in my book, <laughs> Yeah, in that they were just always so oppressive to me, just always a major job for me. And then I was like, oh, we don't need 20 cups in our house. We really can do with six, maybe eight cups. And if you use the cup, you rinse it and then you use it again. Like we've just got these life-changing all your cups seriously Uh you do not need all the cups and because you're just creating work for yourself yeah absolutely I loved when you spoke about the dishes in your book because I do think that is a really sore point because you're often doing them at night time when you're exhausted you've had a full day of mothering you've maybe lay in bed like me for half an hour at least in the dark so trying to get your child to sleep so you're really tired and the last thing you feel like doing is going and cleaning up all the dishes that you know will be dirty again come breakfast the following morning. So, and I agree, we've culled all of our cups and things as well. And like you said, guess what? The kids just rinse them and use them again. Whereas in the past when we had a lot, they would use it for one sip and then they put it in the dishwasher. I was like, of course there's all this work because I'm putting away practically clean cups, which didn't need to be washed in the first place. So I do Mm. think there's some really great examples like that of like, where can we pull back? Where can we simplify? Hey, mamas, I hope you love that episode. Uh, It did feel like it kind of cut short really quickly because I did want to include the next part of our conversation in next week's episode. So apologies if it felt like that one really got cut early. But in next week's episode, we're going to be talking to Jodie about the ways in which her family have settled from caravan life into their home and all the lessons they've learned from being in the van and living a simpler life, how they've transitioned that into their home environment and all the different 
tools and steps that they took to living a simpler life. So apologies if it felt like it cut short, but I really hope that you got a lot out of today's episode and that it's encouraged you to think about where you can be more present in your life, where you can incorporate nature into your daily routine to really ground you and help you be more aware of your environment and be more available to life. Like I shared in this episode, I have really noticed how tuned in I am with my environment and I feel so good when I am that present. I feel so awful when my mind is running at a million miles an hour and I'm thinking ahead 300 steps and I've got too much on my plate and that never feels good in my body. Whereas when I have the ability to be with my kids and watch how their faces change and watch what they're doing and looking at the bug on this and the leaves on that and how the moon is out and I feel so good in my body. And it's so beautiful to know that I can access that at any time. It's like a muscle that just needs to be flexed. And the more I practice tuning in, the better I am. So I really hope that you got a lot out of today's episode. If you would like to connect with Jodie, you can find her at Practicing Simplicity over on Instagram. She is a wealth of knowledge in this space. And I would love to hear from you. Come on over to at PhysioLaura and let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. And I also would love to know if you have any amazing decluttering tips or if you've been through this process yourself, because I love a hack. I love a home life hack, you know, housework hack, organizational hack, like all of that. You know, throwing out the iron, that is such a good hack. So (laughs) I would so love to hear any feedback you have from this episode. Come on over to at PhysioLaura and let me know what you got out of it. I always love hearing from you about the podcast, knowing that you're listening, knowing that you're getting something out of it. And remember to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss next week's episode coming out, which is all about taking steps towards a simpler life. And I will also release another podcast on our personal adventures as a family, buying a caravan and what our intentions are about going traveling. This is a big deal for my family. So I'm definitely going to put that in a whole episode. So if you subscribe to the podcast, You won't miss it. It will come up in your newsfeed automatically. And if you want to connect with me further, if you're pregnant and you're wanting more support in your pregnancy, you're wanting to take the stress out of not knowing what's right and what's wrong and what should I be doing now and what should I be doing then and is this okay, come and join my online pregnancy program, The Pregnancy Posse. You can ask me any of your questions. I am very good at replying to you ASAP and I can really like give you almost that one-on-one attention, which is rare these days. So thepregnancypositive.com if you want to come connect with me further and you can trial the program for seven days. But wherever you are, mama, be where you are. I'll see you next week.